Well, we're starting a new series today, and it's, the series is called, What's the Word? What's the Word? And over the next several weeks, what we're going to do is we're just going to uh, have one word that is the focus and the subject of our text, and uh, we're going to share that one word. So each Sunday over the next several weeks that we're going to come, the real big question is, what's the what? The word. What's the what? The word. What's the word? And uh, so... Um, I'm just going to share with you what the word is today, and the word is alignment. Would you say that word alignment? alignment? Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever driven a car that was severely out of alignment? I mean, it may not be your car right now, but you know when you were growing up and struggling. You couldn't get good tires. You didn't get it checked up. All you did was got the oil changed when the oil ran out. But Okay, so let me ask that question again today. How many of you have ever driven a car where it, when it was out of alignment? Would you just say, mm-hmm? Yeah. Let the record show that that's 93.6% of the people that are here. And so uh, one way uh, you know it is out of alignment is that, that you have to struggle to keep it on the road. And, and you're just struggling, and it's going, it, has its, it has its own mind. And the car, before there were self-driving cars, there were cars that were trying to drive themselves. <laughs> and so you know that it's out of alignment when you have to struggle to keep the car on the road. And uh, if you take your hands off the wheel, then the car would go in the direction where it wanted to go. It would be turning by itself and not necessarily taking you to the destination or the place where you desire for it to go. And so uh, it would be so hard to uh, keep that car uh, on the road. So what you do is you wrestle with the wheel. An interesting thing about it is when your car is really out of alignment, you can only go so fast. Because what will happen, see, I'm talking from experience. Uh, because what happens is that if you start going fast, 45 miles an hour, oh, that's not fast. 50 miles per hour, it starts shaking. And it looks like that you're dancing. You have a reason to dance as you're going down the highway. And so uh, you have to drive it slower than you otherwise would, which takes you longer to get to the place where you're going. Now, there are different stages of, of misalignment. There, there's one where the front end is out of alignment with, or one tire is out of the alignment with another tire. But then there are also more severe types of, 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 of misalignment. What I want you to do is I want you to take a look and reflect on this screen right here. And isn't that interesting that if you were driving behind a car that was looking like that, You'd stay far behind, but here, this person decided to get a little closer so they can get a good look. Now, what's interesting about that, this looks, this is called a uh, dog tracking. It looks like a dog walking, but the car is straight, it's trying to go down the street straight, uh, and, and it's doing pretty good, but can you imagine the struggle that the driver is having because there is a misalignment where the front axle is in misalignment with the rear axle. And what's interesting is that you'll see this a car try to uh, go around a curve 
And the interesting thing is when it goes around a curve, it puts its blinker on as if it's making a turn. That was pretty interesting to me is that, look at that. Oh my gosh. It's on the same street. You don't have to put your blinker on to go around a curve. You only put your blinker on when you're making a turn. And this person particularly felt like that they were turning and as a result that they put their blinker on. Now, when we look at this and we recognize then that although it really looks bad, because this is a symptom of a bigger problem, this usually happens after some kind of wreck or accident. And, and, and although it really looks bad, it's a simple solution. And that is that the front end simply needs to be aligned with the back end. And when the front end is aligned with the back end, the car will go straight. Now, what's interesting to me is that in most cases, we live in a world where misalignment or realignment is necessary because all things will naturally drift toward misalignment. So, so one of the interesting things is that um, we do live in a world where uh, realignment is necessary because all things naturally drift for, toward being misaligned. When we think about that, I, I worked at an a, a automotive center. My father owned an automotive center when we were growing up. And when I was in high school, the summer I worked there, and uh, it was a time where no one pumped their own gas. You pumped the gas. You, does anyone remember when there was not self-serve pump, but, but there was a, an attendant that came out and asked you what you wanted? If you, how many of you remember that? Would you just lift your hand? Let the record show that 93.6% of the people lifted their hands. Uh, I was telling someone that this week, and they said, yeah, I remember you can either go to self-serve or full serve. I said, no, 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 no. There was a time where it was only full serve. And uh, so what you would do, you'd drive up, and they would ask, and I, and I would go out, and I would say, uh, oh, oh, what would you like? Would you like premium? Would you like regular or, or unleaded? And they, they would say what they would want, which was usually the cheapest kind. And, uh, and so what's interesting is that most of the cars that came in for service, the people said that they need an alignment. And I asked my dad, I said, Daddy, why is it that so many cars come in and they need an alignment? And you know what he said to me? He says it's because of normal wear and tear, and it's because when they're driving, they hit bumps in the road. And the pieces that were designed to work together, they all of a sudden began to work against one another. And therefore, they need to be aligned so that they can accomplish what they were originally designed to do. Now, when we look at that, then we recognize that God has created our lives to be in alignment with his purpose, with him, with his ways, with his will, with his word. And uh, we recognize then that when it is not, then there is a struggle because our lives are trying to go in a direction that it was not designed to go in. And so what we do is we struggle, we wrestle with the wheel or our hearts, trying to keep it on the path that God desires. But what's interesting is that, let me just share this with you, that you're not supposed to hustle all the time to make a living. So I'm going to just give you a couple of things, and I just want you to agree with me today and just say, mm-hmm. Now, you're not supposed to hustle all the time just to make a living. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to feel alone like you're in a battle all by yourself. You are not 
supposed to live your life feeling overwhelmed all the time. Look, 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 look. You're not supposed to feel like you can't trust anybody and, 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 and wear a mask in public but begin to break down and fall to pieces in private. Look, you're not supposed to struggle financially. Mm, look at it. Mm, so that was a little juice on that one. Mm, mm-hmm. But you know what? Those things happen when we are not in alignment. And so that's the word that I want to use today, alignment. Alignment. Why? It's because your life was created for pleasure. You were created to be pleasing, and you were also created for pleasure so that you could have pleasure in your life. Let me just give you a a particular uh, passage here in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. It says that for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. And so we recognize then that there is pleasure, there is pleasure, that God has created all things and he's created all things for his pleasure. Therefore, we want to understand what are the things that determine God's pleasure. So God says that we were created to be pleasing to him, but then by being pleasing to him, it creates something for us. And the Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 35, verse 27, But it says, let the Lord, the Amplified says it like this, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Let the Lord be magnified, let him be enlarged, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. So notice this, that we have been created to be pleasing to God and what is one of the things that's pleasing to God is that his people prosper. Now, this particular word prosperity here that's written in, in Psalm 35, it is the Hebrew word shalom. And this particular word, when you look it up in the Strongs, it means completeness. Because you know what? As I began to look at that, it effectively represents the elements that we focus on as our mission and our vision at the church. Well, this particular word means uh, health in your body. It means to have good relationships. It means soundness in your mind and financially empowered. And so notice this. It says, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in health in the body of his servants, his servants having good relationships, His servants being sound in their mind and his servants being financially empowered. You know what? Uh, How many of you today would love for that to be the story of your life? If that's you, say, "Uh uh-huh. Look, that's what God desires. That is what pleases God. And how many of you know that it will bring pleasure to you if you had good relationships? If you weren't trying to struggle to get your relationship back on the road? Wouldn't it be awesome to you if you were financially empowered and you didn't have to struggle to dodge the bills? Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be awesome to you if you didn't have to struggle with health in your body? 
Wouldn't it be awesome to you if you uh, could, be, could take every thought captive to try to exalt itself against the word of God? But the Bible says that's what happens when we become aligned with him. Aligned with him. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, the person who... <laughs> and thirst no more. Oh, 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 wait a minute. He says that I am the bread of life. He who, what? Aligns with me. Hunger no more and thirst no more. How long? Ever. How long? Forever. Oh my God. Don't, doesn't that get you excited? That if I'm aligned with God, then I won't hunger, I won't thirst. Forever and ever and ever, which means that I have everything that I need to live. Now, let's keep reading together. Now, I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Oh, my God. He says that you've seen me do it. He said, he said that this is how I do it. You've seen me in action, but still you don't believe what you have seen. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's read the next one. Let's read it together. Now, every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is what? With me. I hold on and don't let go. Oh, my God. Hey, he holds on to you. And he doesn't let you Go, can you imagine? Oh my God, I'm just thinking about the song that Daryl Coley wrote about in the arms of Jesus. And he says that what's in a name? <laughs> uh, does it really matter? What's in a name? Uh, do you really care? Oh my, he begins to talk about the name of Jesus and, and what the name of Jesus does. And he says, there's no better place than in the arms of Jesus. So in his arms, he says, I'll never, never, never let you go. And because I'll never let you go, you will never hunger. You will never thirst forever and ever and ever. You know what? That's enough right there for me to get a front end alignment. Let's read it together now. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. Look at this. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one. So what did God send Jesus to do to hold on to you? <laughs> what did God send Jesus to do to make sure that if you'll just align with, see, Jesus is aligned with the Father. And when we become aligned with him, then we'll never hunger, we'll never thirst, he'll hold on to us. Look, there are protection that comes in. How many of you know that if you're in the arms of Jesus and the enemy tries to bring uh, sickness upon you, he cannot? Well, well, and when it comes, guess what happened? God causes healing to take place, amen? Because see, many times, remember what he said to Job, he says that, hey, have you seen my, jo my, 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 my son Job? And he says, well, you know, you have a protective prayer. He says, look, I'm going to share with you that he, he praises me, he worships me no matter what's happening in his body. And it was a greater testimony. See, what did God do ultimately to him? God restored him, which caused him to be better off. God had gave him double of everything he had except for the wife that wanted him to curse God. 
So notice this, that sometimes when attacks come in your life, it's a demonstration of your faith. As you go through it, guess what happens? Restoration comes. You get a testimony, you get a story, and God restores to you the paycheck checks that you lost. God restores. See, I love it because when God restores, he leaves you better off than you ever were before. And so what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around and did what? He caused good to come out of it. So he says that, uh, I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. And so we need to talk about this alignment thing. This is an alignment thing. Because alignment is the arrangement of things that are placed in the proper position. That's what alignment is. It is the arrangement of things that are placed in the proper position. <laughs> so you've got to get position. It's the arrangement of things mm, that is designed, oh, that are placed in the proper position position. And what it is, is it is a prescribed arrangement of things that is designed to produce an expected result. It's to, see, the things are arranged to produce an expected end result. And so let me just give you an example. Uh, have you ever put anything together and it has some instructions with it? And, 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 and what you did is that you found out that the instructions comes with it. It is a prescribed arrangement of how things should be done. And so it has here diagram one, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, A, B, C, D, E. And it has those diagrams there and it instructs you to follow the diagram. But it looks like it's simple enough to do. So you say, just show me the picture, just show me the end result, and I'll get there. And when you have put it together, you find you got some pieces left over, you got some screws left over, and although it looks like it is complete, there are some things that are missing, and it is not complete, and ultimately can cause harm to anyone who uses it. Can you see that as the way that our lives would be also? And, and, and you're saying that I know that there is a prescribed arrangement, but what happens with putting those types of things together is what happens in our own lives. Because we're supposed to have more than we have, but there are pieces that are missing mm, because we did not follow the diagram. It's been put together. Things don't work because the way that they should work. Why? Is because we chose not to follow the prescribed arrangement. And so when alignment is not followed, then you may not see the results that you are expecting. And so it's really critical, and I want to emphasize this, of why it's so important for us to get into alignment with what God's purpose, God's ways, God's will, God's word for your, our lives. Let me give you an example here, and then I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 13, verse 8. I'm going to give you an example, and I'll share with you some of the things that we want to do. 1 Chronicles, rather, chapter 13, is, uh, is about David, and when David wanted God's presence to dwell in the city. David wanted to bring the, the Ark of the Covenant back uh, to, to the city, and, and, and he knew that the Ark of the Covenant was a, a time of blessing, that wherever the presence of God was that the people were blessed. And so as he's br uh, bringing it back into the city, uh, they are 
bringing it in, and it hits, mm, it hits a hole. It hits a bump. <laughs> Look at that. It hits a bump. And how does misalignment comes? With normal wear and tear into bumps, holes in the road. It hits a bump. And when it hits the bump, that's when you realize some things are out of alignment. It hits the bump, and, 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 and the ark is about to fall. And Uzzah reaches up, and he touches it, and immediately dies. Why did that happen? It is because David did not follow the prescribed arrangement that God, he had not followed the word of God as he instructed him how to bring the blessing back to the city. Now, look at this. I want to show you this in, in, in verse 8, 8. David says, you know what? I believe God must be mad at us because of all of this stuff happened. No, God wasn't mad at them. It was because he did not follow the word. Come on, this is the word of his power. Let's read it like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on string instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. Look at this. Notice this. They praised God. They praised God with all their might. And it still did not this, this, stop this thing from happening. Why? Why did it still happen even though that they were praising God with all of their might? Didn't he say that he's looking for someone who would worship him in spirit and in truth? And it was like all of their life, all, all of their might, they were, they were praising him. They were worshiping him. But it still did not stop this thing from happening. Why? Let me just say this to you. It is because you cannot substitute praise for being aligned with the word of God. You can't substitute praise. Praise is good. And we should praise, but you still have to follow the instructions. And so what we recognize then is that later on in chapter 15, something happened where David finds out what the order of God is, and he goes to the Levites and the priests. He goes and begins to say, you know what, something must be wrong. Because wherever that presence is, there's a blessing. And Obed-Edom's house, where they left it, it was blessed. And so David says, something must be wrong. He goes back to study the instructions that God had given him. And when he gets the instructions right, they bring the Ark of the Covenant back into the city, and the people are blessed. And so notice this. It is, let me just say this. It is your job to find the prescribed arrangement, and it is God's job to show up and produce the results. Come on, would you say that with me? It is my responsibility. It is my responsibility to find the prescribed arrangements and the order. And it is God's job to show up and produce results. So, so, so let's take a look at this then one more time. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. This is our last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. We talk about peace. We talk about uh, good relationships, um, healthy, healthy relationships, financially empowered, soundness of mind, peace on every side, complete. When we look at that and we begin to recognize then that we talk about health in your body. And, and, and if, 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 if something is not in one of those things, if there's not peace in the relationship, if, there is, if there's, not, there's not a healthy relationship, if there's not financial empowerment, 
if there is um, sickness in the body, if, if there is uh, confusion in our minds, what that means is that there is something that is not working according to how God has designed it. Now, it does not mean in some of those cases it's your fault, but it means that God is asking us to come into alignment, stay in faith, keep praying, take a stand. And what happens is that all of that represents your faith in the outcome, and all you're doing is following the pattern, uh, uh, the prescribed arrangement, and you're just waiting on God to show up to produce the results. Now, now, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. Let's read it together. Now, God doesn't stir up us up into confusion. He brings us into harmony. This goes for all the churches, no exceptions. So God does not authorize confusion in our lives, in your family, uh, in, your, in your children's life. You know, last week I told you how... Uh, what, what happens when there is confusion in the family or the child does not listen to the instructions of the parent? The Bible says that there are three ways you deal with that. Let me just say that again in case someone wasn't here. The Bible says, first of all, what you do is that you tell them. You tell them. Would you say tell them? You give them instructions as to what they should do. If they do not do it, then they may have misunderstood you. And so the Bible says you show them how to do it. So you give them a second chance and you show them. And then the Bible says if they don't do it once you've shown them, then it is rebellion. And the, and the Bible says that the rod drives out rebellion. See, rebellion is not going to go easily. The Bible says that the rod drives out rebellion. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? The rod drives out rebellion. Not words. You know, I'm going to take your toy if you don't. Now, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not someone counseling you. I'm telling you what the word of God says. Amen? And so, so the Bible says you tell them, you show them, and then you, the rod, right? And you just go, one for the Father. One for the Son. One for the Holy Spirit. Now, I know some of you sitting out there and say, I don't believe in that. Now, uh, let me just say this to you. Uh, our kids got smart. And I'm just going to go on and call her out. Jasmine got really smart. She's our youngest child, and she, she, she saw the, the, the boys, and she figured she got a strategy. So when it was time for her to have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I noticed that it was different. Because when I would, like on the, you know, Kevin's like right there, the belt would wrap around my arm. It would bounce back up and wrap around my arm. And I go, man, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting stuff on me. I'm, son, Holy Spirit. And that belt would keep wrapping around my arm. And so she got it shorter than the others. And so uh, I did not know until later, and she was grown, that she said what I did was I would put several pair of pants on. And so it would bounce back up on me. But she turned out pretty good. So, so we look at this. 
What's important then is we recognize that God does not authorize confusion. And so order is necessary because it's pleasing to God and it brings pleasure to you. How many of you know that when your kids are in alignment with what you want them to do, how much peace it's in the house? How many of you know if mama's happy, the house is happy? Let me wrap this up. There's nothing more in our lives uh, than going somewhere. And if you recognize that and you, you go in somewhere and you do not have the directions to where you're going. What's interesting to me is that you can't really enjoy the ride. Uh, and when you are not sure where, you, where you're going, what happens is that you start wanting to get quiet so you can figure out what needs to be done. And my mother and my father used to say it like this. When we were lost or we were looking for something or there was too much noise going on around, that, that my mother particularly would say, would y'all be quiet? I can't hear myself think. It's a really interesting phrase that she says that, will you be quiet because I cannot hear myself think. And I never understood that when people get lost, the first thing they say is turn the radio down. Like listening has something to do with being able to see the street signs. But what happens is that you recognize is that when you don't know your way, you pull out your phone, you put the destination in and your GPS will give you the best route to take. What's happening? You are getting the instructions to how to get to the end result. And if you go off course, what does it say? Recalculating. Why? Is it's because it's trying to get you back on 